RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. This episode of Priority One is brought to you by our Patreon supporter, Jim DeVico. We thank him and all our other patrons for their monthly support. Command codes verified. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 389 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast, and your weekly report from the Star Trek multiverse. Recorded live on Tuesday, November 6th, 2018, and available for download or streaming on Friday, November 9th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah. I'm Kenna. And I'm Anthony. All right, Kenna, why don't you tell us what we've got coming up this week? Well, we're trekking out the film rumor mill with the next Kelvin series. Michael Shabon talks about writing for Star Trek. Up your cosplay with legit costumes via an auction. And Shatner may reprise his role on another show about emergencies. In Star Trek Online and gaming news, the first featured task force operation, the Battle at the Binary Stars, will be arriving on PC soon. And we've got some details to share with you. Then Jake and Cookie entice you with some interesting products on the promenade. And as always, before we wrap up the show, we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Captains, remember that those hailing frequencies are always open, and we love to hear from you between episodes. So please, reach out to us. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast. We're on Twitter at Priority One Pod. You can even send us an email via incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. And now, we're on Instagram. Follow us at PriorityOnePod. Captains, it's the first week of the month, which means that Patreon collected last month's donations. It's weeks like these that we're reminded of the amazing contributions that we receive from patrons like you, our listeners, who believe in what we do from week to week, and who help continue the ongoing production of this podcast. So, from everyone here at Priority One, thank you for another wonderful month. Now, for those of you unaware, Patreon is a way that you can financially support Priority One Podcast by helping us improve things like software, equipment, and, of course, convention coverage while we're away at shows. Without that support, we would not be able to continue to produce the quality content that you've come to expect. But, of course, Captains, we understand that a financial contribution may not be in the cards for you. But there are other great ways that you can support Priority One. And we saw that this last week, for instance. Many of you took to iTunes and left us a review. You shared our show with your friends on Facebook, Twitter, and other social media platforms. And by sharing the show with your friends, that's another phenomenal way of supporting Priority One Podcast. So if you haven't already, find us on iTunes, leave us a review, and rate the show. And as always, from week to week, be sure to share our tweets and Facebook posts with all your friends. It's your support that keeps us going. And there's another way that you can help us out here at Priority One, and that's to join our team as a volunteer audio editor. 
Whether you're an experienced editor or if you just want to learn a new skill, just drop us a line and let us know. Incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com is the address. We can train you, give you the software you need. So if you'd like to become a part of our family, then please send us an email to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com or check out our website. Now let's check out all the latest news from the Star Trek multiverse. Jim, what places? I don't know. Then let's check it out. Could Megan Fox be joining John Cho in a new Star Trek film? We don't know, but let's go ahead and speculate. Actress Megan Fox, best known for her roles in Transformers and the rebooted Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle films, recently posted a photo on her Instagram stories. In the picture, she sat with Star Trek Kelvin timeline Sulu, John Cho, and three other people who could not be identified. They appeared to be on a small stage sitting behind a table and in front of cameras. No big deal, right? Well, in the photo, Fox added the Star Trek The Next Generation logo as well as an at Star Trek overlay. Also on the aforementioned table in front of the group, there sat at least one Star Trek Starship model, possibly a Kelvin Constitution. A keen-eyed Twitter user tweeted the picture with the caption, quote, Excuse me, at Star Trek, what's happening here? Hashtag Megan Fox? and a bunch of interesting little emojis, end quote. Star Trek's Twitter replied with the most vague of infuriating vaguenesses, a smirky face. Well, we'll be sure to keep an eye on what's happening, so stay tuned. Well, this is about the time that we should start to expect to hear more about the upcoming films. So we know that there's going to be a Star Trek four. We have somebody at the helm. We're going to start hearing casting announcements ahead of, you know, more details about the plot and so forth. So it wouldn't at all surprise me if that was a little tease. I hope not. I'm sorry. I love the first Transformers movie. I'm a huge Transformers fan. They're not great movies. And I really hope that this rumor gets squashed very quickly. I think you need to shut your dirty mouth because that first Transformers movie was fantastic. I also, I quite like Megan Fox, so I would be quite happy to see her in it. I do not like Megan Fox's acting at all whatsoever. She is an attractive woman, yes, but her acting, no, no, no. I just have a little tiny bit of a question. Um, is Star Trek about the acting? Like, does acting matter that much? I mean, I think there's obviously a base level. Like, if it's really bad, it's going to be terrible. But Star Trek, for me, has always been a little bit more about the visuals, the production design, and the writing. A little bit more so than the actual quality of the acting. (coughs) William Shatner. First of all, in the original series, the parody and caricature of Kirk is really over-exaggerated. I mean, yeah, he had the Shatnerisms, but we've come to accept that caricature as it almost being for real, that he was always like that on the bridge, the whole time talking like this, which is not the case. It's harder to critique the original series on its performance because the stories were so outlandish in some cases, but they had purpose, they had meaning, right? But I would argue that some of the best episodes of Star Trek required some of the best acting. I think of TNG, of course. TNG is always probably going to be my go-to for this because Patrick Stewart had such breath to his character, had such spectrum. He was working with a hundred color crayon box. 
You look at episodes like Chain of Command and episodes like Inner Light. These required a significant amount of gravitas behind them. Kate Mulgrew's acting as captain was fantastic. So yeah, I would say that Star Trek needs some chops for their characters, at least for the very memorable ones. And I would say that on television, I'm way more forgiving with performances, especially with dated shows like TOS and and even now TNG to an extent. I think in the feature films, though, they have the time and the money to have the acting be great. And so far, I think the acting in these reboot movies has actually been fairly well done. And I personally don't think that Megan Fox is of the caliber to even match that. But what do you think about this, Captains? What do you think of the possibility of Transformers famed Megan Fox crossing over to Star Trek? Let us know in the comments section for this episode on PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO389 or by replying to our social media posts on places like Facebook and Twitter. Well, unless you're a brand new listener to Priority One, the name Michael Shabon is probably familiar to you. The 55-year-old Pulitzer Prize-winning author has not only scribed Star Trek's second short trek, Calypso, but he's also in the writing room for the upcoming Picard series. This week, Shabon talked with the Jewish News of Northern California and let's spill some of his Star Trek history. In addition to teasing short trek Calypso, which was his first produced television script, Shabon talked about the experience of writing for the Picard series. Though he couldn't answer specifics because he'd, quote, be abducted by Section 31, end quote, he did talk about his experience in Picard's writing room, saying, quote, It's really pleasurable. That's one of the things I enjoy most about it. It could be a horrible thing if the people were not nice and kind, but this room is full of bright, funny, charming people with great ideas, end quote. For a link to the full interview, check out the show notes. I'm a little concerned with the fact that he's throwing around Section 31 already. I think we're all expecting great things from this series, you know, the return of Captain Picard to television. But I'm starting to get a little concerned that they're going to be relying on Section 31 too much. And I know this was just kind of like a throwaway joke from him, but it just slightly raises my awareness of how much they talk about Section 31 constantly. I mean, Section 31 in concept is great. For everybody but Star Trek. The problem with Section 31 was that it was terribly executed on... Deep Space Nine and on Voyager, it was less clandestine and more where the bad cops, you know, it was less about the real protection of the of the Federation. Section 31 is completely antithetical to everything that the Federation is supposed to stand up for. But it's in the charter. It is now. Section 31 is in the charter. And I thought you liked watching Star Trek sometimes just for the mindless fun. I have a moral opposition to Section 31. I have a problem with it. That's all. It's fine. It's fine. I'm okay. I accept that it exists. I just, just want to point out that I don't think Section 31 would have ever passed Gene Roddenberry's desk. I actually disagree. I think Section 31 would have passed, but I think it would have been squashed and dismantled by the end of the first episode it made the appearance in. <sighs> They just need to toss it in the bin with hairy mud, and we can all move on. But to bring it back, the one thing that interested me about what he said about the Picard writer's room was his characterization of the people being nice and kind, bright, funny, charming, with great ideas. I'm hoping that what that means is that we'll bring a bit of levity to the Picard show and not something sort of dark and mysterious. If you're looking for the perfect holiday gift for a Star Trek fan and you have a lot of money, 
then TV enthusiast James Commissar and TV memorabilia company Prop Store may have what you're looking for. On December 1st, Commissar will auction a portion of his extensive television collection, which he has been adding to for over 30 years, at Prop Store's auction facility in Valencia, California. The lot, titled TV Treasures Curated by the Commissar Collection, contains over 400 treasures from TV history, including pieces from Batman, Buck Rogers, Mork and Mindy, Breaking Bad, and of course, Star Trek. 68 Star Trek items will be auctioned, including collectibles from The Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and most prominently, the original series. These include props like the Tribbles from Deep Space Nine's Trials and Tribulations, a Klingon disruptor from the original series, and Cayman's Telescope from TNG's The Inner Light. Documents including hand-drawn sketches and notes by the original series costume designer William Thies, and costumes including the one worn by William Shatner during TV's first interracial kiss with Nichelle Nichols in Plato's Stepchildren. Check out the show notes for a link to the auction. Elijah, do you have anywhere between sixty and eighty thousand dollars I can borrow to buy Kirk's toga? Uh, I do. I, I'll be happy to wire that to you uh, after the show. I hope they take checks. I hope you do too. William Shatner has had some great roles. T.J. Hooker, Priceline guy, and of course Captain Kirk. But he was also the host of the popular Rescue 911 series. And he may be again. Hot on the heels of A&E's hit Live PD, Shatner, along with several others serving as executive producers for the rebooted Rescue 911 show. The show, being developed by CBS Television Studios, will be a two-hour weekly program that will follow first responders in much the same way that Live PD follows police. A panel led by Shatner will be filled with firefighters, EMT paramedics, and police officers who will discuss the emergencies as they play out. Though no network is currently attached to the project, Variety says, quote, An individual with knowledge of the project says that it has generated significant interest in the marketplace already, end quote. With CBS Television Studios behind it, you can bet it's going to be pay-gated behind CBS All Access. Ha-ha! <laughs> You know what? These kind of shows, they never really go away. It's like, you know, the medical drama, Chicago Hope and ER, and they were the biggest things ever, and then they finished, and then took a few years, and then it's all medical dramas again. These things come around, and I have no doubt that it'll be successful. People want to watch this kind of stuff. It was successful in, what, like the 90s? It'll be successful again. That's it for this week in Star Trek News. Now let's find out what happened in the world of Star Trek gaming. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. Star Trek Online continues its Age of Discovery content this month with the release of the first ever featured task force operation, The Battle at the Binary Stars. While we don't have an official start date, this featured TFO will be available for three weeks starting sometime in November. Captains will be able to participate in this holodeck simulation by taking on the role of a Federation ship during the infamous Discovery Era battle. This means that your ship visual will be replaced by a ship from that time period, even if you're not a Federation captain. Players can also earn a TFO commendation by running the Battle at the Binary Stars every 20 hours. 
After 14 TFO commendations, you'll be able to earn the Beacon of Kalis, Reputation Marks, Dilithium, and three featured TFO reward boxes. Each of these boxes gives you a choice of either an enhanced universal tech upgrade or a captain specialization point. The boxes are account bound and can be traded amongst your characters through the account bank. The Beacon of Kalis, when activated, will summon your own personal beacon that will blind your enemies, diminishing their accuracy for several seconds, and then summon a fleet of Klingon ships to aid you in your fight. So this beacon sounds pretty cool. Uh, they've done similar things in the past with calling for reinforcements. The freighters. Yeah, from the from the freighters, calling for reinforcements from the pirates, calling for reinforcements from the Delta Fleet, and more recently calling for the little Herc ships. So this right. seems to be something that they're going to be doing for a while. It's cool that they're throwing in a Klingon version, and it's a nice throwback to the Beacon of Kaelas from uh, first two episodes of Discovery. Which, if you haven't already, I strongly recommend reading the IDW comics about Takuvma, because, no pun intended, it sheds some light on the Beacon of Kaelas. Uh, and what led up to this search of his. It's actually quite fascinating. There are a few discrepancies and there are some plot holes and it's not the best writing of a comic I've ever read, but it still is a little Trek nugget that you can enjoy. Now, one thing that's interesting is you're not going to be able to see your ship in this battle. You're going to be playing a Discovery Era ship, and I'm not sure how I feel about that. I, you know, I think doing the whole holodeck simulation thing is a bit of a cheat, but I guess it's kind of cool that you're going to look like one of those ships. I think it might be a little confusing at first to not see your ship. I, I guess it's cool. I just don't know how to feel about it. I, I, I mean, I don't see how it's confusing. I mean, I'm sure that in the mission log, it's going to whoever is giving you the mission, the character is going to say, and by the way, you're going to look like, you know, we're going to put you in a ship. I think it's cool. I think that some of the Discovery ships are very well designed. I, I don't hate this idea. There's one Discovery ship that I'm really in love with, and I keep forgetting the name of it, but it was at the Battle of Binary Stars. And if the trailer is any indication, it's going to be gorgeous. I mean, I remember Al talking about that that moment in the trailer. Star Trek Online takes all of its footage for its trailers right from the game. So if it's anywhere close to that, man, that's going to be, that's that's super immersive. And speaking of immersion, Captains, we want to know what you think. Does flying a Discovery-era ship in the new featured TFO Battle at the Binary Stars add to your immersion? Or would you prefer to fly your own ship? Let us know in the comments section for this episode at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO389 or just reply to us on our social media posts on Facebook or Twitter. Well, items offered by the Lobi Crystal Consortium are on sale this weekend until Monday, November 12th. You can save 20% on everything. Now might be a great time to get that Kelvin Timeline Dreadnought Cruiser or the Bullion Heavy Assault Cannon. And to make up for the recent in-game bugs, Cryptic is bringing back the Phoenix Prize Packs along with an upgrade weekend. Once daily, you can acquire a Phoenix Prize Pack from your favorite Ferengi merchant on Drizana Station, or purchase more of them from the Dilithium store. This is a great chance to get those previously released items or ships that no longer are available. Even if you don't get that specific item, Phoenix upgrades are a great consolation prize, especially during a weekend that gives you double upgrade points. Take advantage of both of these events before they end on Monday morning. 
I don't open enough lockboxes to be able to ever take advantage of these lobby store things. Um, I just don't like to... The lockboxes still don't appeal to me. Even... I don't know. I just don't... I, I'd rather... I'd rather get a tent. I don't know. It's just not for me. I, I actually kind of agree with you with the lockboxes. And most of my lobby crystals actually come from when they slip them in the doff packs on occasion when they when they almost guarantee you to get 10 in each in each of the special doff packs when they do that promotion that's about the only time i go after the low buy crystals to stock up on them now moving over to console captains on playstation or xbox go to condition red because the borg have uh, uh, i'm sorry i'm sorry what was that the Captains. The Borg and the Alachi have. What? Are you sure? Red alert! The Borg, Alachi, Tholians, and Zenkethi are invading this weekend, and the rewards have never been better. Earn 35 reputation marks of your choice when you run any of these alerts. Also, there's no cooldown, so you can run them back to back to back to back to build up a supply of marks which may come in handy for the new sixth tier of reputations coming with Age of Discovery on Tuesday, November 13th. And if that wasn't enough, console captains can also save 15% on keys in the sea store. The Discovery Crossfield class and the Sarcophagus ships have also been added to the Infinity lockboxes. So take a shot at getting yours before the Age of Discovery begins. In other Star Trek gaming news, if you were paying attention to the at Star Trek Twitter account, you may have noticed some strange interference from the Klingons on November 2nd. It appeared to be part of a PR event leading up to the announcement of a new Star Trek mobile game. Star Trek Fleet Command is set to debut on mobile devices on November 29th, and it touts itself as a free-roaming, multiplayer, role-playing, Real-time battling, epic, fast-paced strategy game. Hopefully your shields were up for that barrage of buzzwords. While we haven't seen any gameplay footage just yet, we do know that Star Trek Fleet Command is set in the Kelvin timeline and will be offering a customized gameplay experience. Everything from your choice of faction, ships, crew teams, to how your story progresses. Check out the show notes for the launch trailer. So does this have any relationship to the old fleet command game i don't think so i think this is a brand new thing you know one of our other priority one members did some digging and they discovered that it appears as though this game has been previously released in other countries but that it's being re-released in america under a new publisher and i think this caught a lot of people off guard as well because we had no idea that this was coming and then all of a sudden the official at star trek Twitter handle did a whole special Klingon takeover thing and then when they announced the game it's like it's like they make this game sound like it's the greatest thing ever made because it's everything that could be in a game it's just it's very confusing there's no real details as to how the game is going to play and it just feels like it's a big it's a big like selling pitch right now and and they really don't have anything to show us Right, it's very hyped up and they don't have anything to show. And if you go to the actual, if you go to into, at least into the Google Play Store uh, and you read some of the reviews, it's not, it doesn't seem like a very stable game, at least to those people who have been able to play it. So I don't know, I, this doesn't, I, I'm, w- I'm with you on this one, that this, this is, this seems like an awful lot of hype for something coming out at the end of the month. 
Well, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, we'll certainly give it a try. I mean, I, I try every Star Trek game that ever comes out. It's I feel like this game, through their advertising, is setting up for disappointment. Because there's no way it can be all of these things and do all of them well. Now, Captains, one last thing that we want to mention is that GamePrint, the company behind the 3D printable starships, your own custom starships from Star Trek Online, has just done an update to their website. They're now allowing for you to select from pre-printed ships. So Anthony, let's say you went ahead and printed yourself a fleet battlecruiser. I can go in and select your model and print it for myself at a much cheaper, relatively cheaper cost. The nine inch model is $160 and it doesn't require you to have to upload the file from the game client. You can just go in and select the ship that you like. Additionally, Cryptic Studios has gone ahead and uploaded several of their renders and models so that you can print official cryptic sanctioned versions of a particular ship that you might enjoy. And they have quite a few up there. Now, there's a Facebook group for the 3D printed ship models that the actual company is pretty attentive to. And so I had joined the, the closed group and the one thing that concerned me was that these ship models do have the name and registry number of the original user who printed it. Had I not noticed that detail, that little detail, I could have spent $160 for the USS Banana and been really disappointed when it arrived. So I had posted in the Facebook group question asking whether or not there were plans to allow you to at least change the, the the name and so the ceo of the company replied back to me and said that that is in the works and that they do plan on on introducing that customization down the road and now mind you again like i said they come in various sizes you can select anywhere from a miniature to up to a nine inch model and the nine inch is 160 dollars like i mentioned the other ones are less 20 dollars as low as 20 dollars so if you're interested head on over to gameprint.net and take a look at some of the pre-printed ships that have already been made and rendered and set up in their system because you might find something you like. That's it for this week in gaming news. Now let's open up hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. Well, Captains, we've opened hailing frequencies and it's time to listen to your incoming messages. Our first piece of feedback comes from Fazoni. Roundtable discussions on all things Star Trek. The team has great rapport and is fun to listen to over the weekend when the week's seriousness needs to become a thing of the past. On top of that, they have great insights into the latest Star Trek news of all kind. Their analysis of each week's new Star Trek shows is also quite insightful. With all of the new Star Trek being generated by CBS, I'm looking forward to listening even more. Angry Tribbles Armada says, This podcast has always been a wealth of information and laughs. Been listening since the first 30-some episodes. May Priority One continue to live long and prosper. And Phoebiz28 from Australia writes, Fantastic. Only discovered this podcast about six months ago, and I cannot believe how good it is. With all of the new Trek coming, hopefully more will come via Netflix so we can watch it in Australia. I am hoping that Kurtzman does at least a telemovie for Enterprise so as to give it the finale that it so richly deserves. A great but widely underrated show, which at least now more people are starting to rewatch. Regards, Ed. Well, thank you. So those last three pieces of feedback came to us via iTunes, for which we are so very grateful. So don't forget... 
if you're listening to us on your iOS device or you have iTunes downloaded on your computer, please leave us a review. We will most certainly, most definitely, most likely read it on air. Episode 388's community question was, did the Short Trek's Calypso trailer get you excited for the second episode? Why or why not? From Patreon, Mitchell Farmer writes in, who is this guy? Why do I care? <laughs> um, right. I guess that's him not being that excited for the trailer then. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. I mean, it's a good question. Hopefully the short will tell us because it's some guy on a ship in the future. And he's right. Like, what does this have to do with anything, right? From PriorityOnePodcast.com, Tyler Maxwell says, Sure. I love that guy on Leverage, so I'd imagine that his performance in this Trek tidbit will be fine as well. The thousand years into the future setting is intriguing. I think this will be the furthest into the future that Trek has gone, yet even further than the 31st century setting for the Temporal Cold War stuff with Daniels from Enterprise. I mean, how does the Federation progress more beyond we fight through time? From Facebook, my friend and yours, Stephen Carville says, Trailer looked great, but alas, the shorts are not for UK eyes. Unless you know a good Ferengi smuggler. He raises a good point, though, because the the short treks are only available in the United States. Are they in Canada as well? Yeah. So so that's a little rubbish, as they say. Very much rubbish. Mm. This week, we took to our social media pages and asked for you to hashtag title it Thursday. We posted a photo of me, Ken Ray, Rod Roddenberry, and John Champion at Roddenberry's Night of Diversity at the Scum and Villainy Cantina in Hollywood. Our winner is Damien Chaplin, who said, quote, From left to right, computer voice, Ken, Rod, and Ray. Winky smiley face, end quote. It's a bit mission log, but we're okay with that, because it's mission log. Check out all of the comments on our social media outlets, and comment next time, too. Well, that wraps up episode 389 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. For more great podcasts like Mission Log and Mission Log Live, Women at Warp, and The Trek Files, visit podcasts.roddenberry.com. But before we go, here's a reminder of our community questions for this week. How do you feel about Megan Fox possibly appearing in Star Trek? And God forbid, Michael Bay directing. Does flying a Discovery-era ship in the new featured TFO Battle at the Binary Stars add to your immersion? Or would you prefer to fly your own ship? Don't miss a thing from the Star Trek multiverse. Catch our episodes every Friday by pointing your favorite podcast app to feeds.priorityonepodcast.com. You can even join in on the fun while we record our episodes live on Tuesday nights at around 11.30 p.m. Eastern on Facebook. Keep an eye on our social media channels for details. And if that wasn't enough, be sure to spend time with Admiral Winters and the Priority One Armada. On Saturday nights, the Armada takes to our Twitch channel, where they review the latest Star Trek Online and Armada news, as well as spotlight some of the amazing members in our community. Each week, we team up with you, the viewers, and earn things like reputation marks and dilithium. With regular giveaways, there's something for all Star Trek Online players, new and old. Follow us on twitch.tv forward slash priority one. And if you'd like to join the Armada, visit PriorityOneArmada.com. Still not enough? Well, then be sure to watch for The Cutting Room. Join Priority One audio editor Brandon Parker on Thursday nights at around 6.30 p.m. Eastern and watch as he turns our Tuesday hijinks into Friday gold. That link again is twitch.tv forward slash Priority One. 
Don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency podcast at guardfrequency.com. Each episode, the Guard will take you inside the universe of your favorite space sims, including a tabletop adventure played out by your hosts. And Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons and Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to heroesrisepodcast.com to discover their secrets. Thanks to our audio editors, including Brandon Parker and new recruits, James Golding, Rand Hurl, and Daniel Stevens. Thanks to producer Jake Morgan for assisting in the writing of our show and social media endeavors, including Title It Thursday and Awesome Survey Sunday. Thanks to our graphic artist and web designer, Henry Pomper. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. Thanks to Patreon associate producers, Navy Boats Lou and Jim DeVico. But most importantly, Captains, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, our listeners, because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Shields up. Sue, no. Engage. Hashtag Truculate. I don't like that. I don't like Truculate. Truculator. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> do you, do you even watch do the you show? Star Trek, bro. Do you? <laughs> police. Follows the police. The popo. You mean the 5 0? <laughs> Quick. Somebody call 911 <laughs> and William Shatner. <laughs> well, captains, we've opened hailing frequencies. And it's time to listen to your incoming messages. Oh. Oh. Nice. That was disappointing. No, it was awesome. Did you I mean, see that? Sa- yeah. like, it was like it was like words on a page and he like twisted it, it to was, make it bend to his will. It sounded Did you great. see that? No, it sounded amazing. He was amazing, yeah. but it was not what I was expecting, and therefore it was terrible. Wow. Oh. I mean, that's how we Star Trek fans treat everything, right? Visit us over at iTunes or on your podcast app on your iTunes uh, or on your podcast app from your iPhone device, iOS device, and uh, shut up, Kim. <laughs> your your Can you iPhone handheld telephonic <laughs> implement. Which I'm sure you're listening to from the streams. That's fine. Angry, angry twibbles. Shut your mouth podcast.roddenberry.com The Roddenberry Podcast Network